When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Erg Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and wow, we are really into spring now. The free agency period is not technically over, you know, guys can be signed, but after two weeks, it's one of those deals that you're going to see a lot less movement, and the Pittsburgh Steelers will still be making moves. They are not done. They still have the backup quarterback position to maybe define a little bit more. And I actually think if you ask the Steelers, they have it defined, but you never know. You don't know what's going to happen with that number three guy. They don't have a number three guy right now because Mason Rudolph is an unrestricted free agent. You have Mitch Trubisky. who's making a whole heck of a lot of money this year in his final year of his contract. So you never know what they're going to do there. I can't wait to see that, but they started filling a lot of holes. And they did more and more last week. They have three new offensive linemen on that team. They have another defensive back. So this team is making moves. They're filling holes, but there are still more holes on this team. What's going on with the safety position? Is this something that's going to morph into draft? And that's something that everybody is talking about now. Now that free agency is almost completely over, you're going to see a lot of people and hear a lot of people talking about how important the draft is, what the Steelers need to do. You know, I'll be doing some of that, but not today. Not today. I'm going to talk about what this current iteration of the Pittsburgh Steelers could possibly do in 2023 with the guys that we know that's on the team now and where they're going to end up possibly in Pittsburgh Steeler lore. Yeah. We're talking about it now because when you look at some of these players, you know you have some all-time greats right now in T.J. Watt, in Cam Hayward, hopefully in Kenny Pickett. Believe it or not, you've got a top five all-time receiver in Deontay Johnson. And what about your kicker? Is your kicker the greatest one to ever lace it up in Pittsburgh? Well, we're going to talk about where these guys stand right now. And where is the future going? And does stats really have a lot to do with it? Or has that all changed? Now, I'm not the stat geek. I'm not trying to steal Dave's job. Dave's my buddy. You know that. But I was thinking about things, and I I talk more about legacy and where these guys may end up when you're looking at Mount Rushmore's of Pittsburgh Steeler history and all that. The first question I've got to ask is, who is the next number to be retired in the Steel City? It could be a few numbers. I would say right now, if a number was to be retired in Pittsburgh, you can't say seven. 
you're not look you're not giving it to patrick peterson so you don't have to jump on that one right away seven's not going to go to anybody we know that the unofficial retired numbers i i love that they're retired but they're not retired because in everybody's minds they're retired but officially they're not retired if you could follow that i actually wrote that down so that's not off the top of my head but what i'm looking at here is the next number if i had to put the odds on it i would say you could probably look at 52 you could look at 47 but i think the next one to be officially retired is number 58. i would honestly say that i think 58 is next but bad what about 12 what about terry bradshaw could very well be 12 too it's hard to believe that that hasn't been retired. It's going to be tough to see who's going to be walking into the stadium next. Is it going to be Jack? That place would go crazy if it's Jack Lambert. Where's going to be Terry Bradshaw, who's been there for work, been there a few times, but, you know, even though they mended fences in 2002, allegedly, you know, or they completely mended, so that's an interesting thing to think of. Who on the Steeler team right now do you think is going to have their number retired? Is it Cam Hayward? Is 97 the next one to go? I mean, not the next. Look, it's not going to go next. That would be 30 years down the line. But has he done enough all time to be that guy? What about 90? What about 39? Hopefully eight. You know, those are numbers that we would love to see. But let's talk about that quarterback position. We already talked about number 12 and where he stands. We talked about number seven briefly. But here's something funny. If you look at wins, Kenny Pickett right now is 13th with seven wins. And when you look at the fact that Kenny Pickett has 63.0% of a completion rating, he's like third or fourth. Actually, Landry Jones has a higher one. And the highest, if you think that 160-some passes is enough, and yeah, I would probably think that would be right now. Mitch Trubisky is actually the leader of 65. Ben Roethlisberger's right behind in the 64s. Really interesting to see. But Kenny Pickett is the one guy that could probably get closest to Ben Roethlisberger and Terry Bradshaw if he stays healthy, if he stays productive. But he had a pretty good go. And in yardage, man, he's already 20th in yardage with that 2,400. Man, if he duplicates what he did last year, he could be around number 12. I'm not talking around Terry Bradshaw number 12, just around number 12 all time in just a second year. But you expect them to go a little bit higher as far as stats go. And I mean, that's kind of what you want to see, right? That's definitely what you want to see. So let's go ahead and take a look at a different category. And I think this is a really interesting category. I just talked about it. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson has 340 receptions all time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
What's interesting about that is he is sixth all time. Yeah, I am not kidding you. The man is sixth all time. He's going into uh, his fifth year, his fifth season. And he is not too far from the top five. In fact, he should probably not have a problem getting into that top five. Because he only needs 18 to do it. Lewis Lips is ahead of him at 348 all time. Do you believe that? I mean, to me, that's just absolutely fascinating. And what can happen? He could get closer. Now, he would have to get a lot to get into the top four. Because then you get into the 500s. You get into guys like, well, gosh, the greatest tight end of all time in Pittsburgh. You get into him, that range, and then you're looking at Heath Miller, who I was just talking about. He's got 592. 592. So that's third. Fourth place is actually John Stallworth at 537. So Deontay Johnson is not doing that this year. I would probably doubt that. I would probably think not next year either. But I think he uh, he could probably get in that range if he sticks around. Don't really see him getting to number two and Antonio Brown at 837. And Heinz Ward right now 1,000. It's really funny to think that Antonio Brown wasn't that far off from Heinz Ward. If he would have stuck around, he would have been way ahead. And I'm not sure if he would have blown up. And eh, I probably would have. But that stuff got all crazy, and it's just a sad thing to see. Not, not on a football end, but just on a humanity end, what's happened to that man. Really, I mean, what I don't... Can't, we can guess about what happened and we can throw the CTE letters all around, but there's whole other things that could be alleged there. There's so many other psychological things there, but Antonio Brown had it in his sights. Is Deontay Johnson going to get there? Probably not. Then the next guy I want to bring up is George Pickens. How close is he? Well, George Pickens is 92nd right now with 52 receptions. But, man, if he goes crazy and has a great year, well, you know what? George is going to be in the top 50. So he's got 52. You expect him to, I would say, a good number for George that you would love to see out of him would be 80. And if he gets to around 132, Let's give him 81. So he would be in 38th place, just ahead of Frenchie Fuqua, just behind Rocky Blyer. Not bad. Then the next thing you know, he does that again. Well, he's in the top 20. So a great opportunity for George Pickens to get on up there. Moving on up for George P. That would be great to see. You know, one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about Deontay Johnson, this is a really interesting thing. Touchdowns, receptions. 
When you look at touchdown receptions for Deontay Johnson, he's in 19th place on the team with 20. But going into last year, he was 19th place. He didn't get any last year. So with no touchdowns whatsoever, he's standing still. So you don't expect him to get up there. But if he gets, well, gosh, if the guy gets five, what happens then? Then he's moving up a little bit. He can get close to Juju Smith-Schuster land. If he gets seven, he would be tied for 12th with Juju at 26. And if he has an amazing year, if he gets 13, he goes to the top 10, passes Mike Wallace for number 10. Look, individual numbers aren't all we're looking for here. You're looking for more of the team concept. And I think when you have more guys that you could spread the ball around with, that's a really good thing. But let's continue to talk about passing. And we mentioned how Heath was number three all time. As far as tight ends, he's number one. Where's Patty Fryermuth in that mix? Would you believe that Pat Fryermuth already, after two seasons, is the fifth best pass-catching tight end with receptions in Pittsburgh Steeler history at 123? You expect him to jump into fourth place, beating Mark Bruner, who is 137, so he's only 15 away from that. And actually in his sights with an amazing year, if he gets 66, he beats Eric Green. And he's in second place. But, you know, is that really where you want to stop? Because if he gets 70, 71, in fact, he's in second place all time for tight ends. Beats Benny Cunningham with 202. So there's possibilities here. Definitely possibilities for Pat Frymuth to move on up. Now, where is he on touchdowns? Everybody was excited because his rookie season, he had seven. and People thought he was going to break that team record of eight in a season by Heath. Heath has 45 all time. Eric Green is second with 21. Benny Cunningham, 20. Then at 16, you have Preston Carpenter. Mark Bruner. Also a 16, Hilton with 10, and Pat Fryermuth with 9. So with a, with a good year, with another 7, man, he's in the top 5. But the number you want to see with him the most is health, right? Yeah, that's exactly what you want to see with that guy. Can you see it? Yeah, I think you can, but that's nothing you could ever bank on. You really can't. One thing you could bank on is we're going to be back right after this. After we take a short here on Steel Curtain Network, a part of Fans First Sports Network, we'll be back. You stick with us. Welcome back to the subway train that is known as Steel Curtain Network, a part of Fans First Sports Network, where you get all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. We're wrapping up free agency. We are getting going with the draft, but there's going to be all kinds of Pittsburgh Steeler stuff. We're talking about performance today and where these teams will rank all time. But if you did not check out Jeff Hartman this morning, you're missing out. Another great episode of Let's Ride. Last night, another entertaining message 
actually it wasn't a message another entertaining episode of it's not what ian's talking about it's almost what ian's talking about live but it's not with greg benevitt it's with cal Kreis and coach t yes the mini muppet is back very entertaining stuff uh lots of fun with the q and a before that on the weekend you needed to check out the week that was with dave schofield and myself as we go ahead and try to have a humorous look at the last week in pittsburgh steelers let's go ahead and also talk about state of the steelers with daniel j my replacement host the uh who has taken over the hangover with shannon white on monday so catch that out catch that tonight and the homies were over the weekend as well good stuff with pay saunders also be dirt that's brandon harriet you had Sean Gurley, my man, Big G, and of course, leading the charge, it's Kevin Tate. Tate Boy Fresh. Check that out. Good stuff. There's good stuff all week long here on the Steel Curtain Network. So let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and get back into the history books and see who's ready to smash some records. We're going to go ahead and talk about more offense, but before I do that, Let's talk about the kickers. These are really interesting things, the the kicking stats, because everybody knows Gary Anderson's the guy all time, right? Yeah, Gary Anderson's great. Well, he was here forever. Here in Pittsburgh, 1982 all the way to 1994. That's 13 seasons. Great guy. Love Gary Anderson. I think he's a Hall of Famer. But if you look closer to the numbers, Boswell, that's Chris Boswell, like James Bond. Boss, Chris Boss. Like that. I might have to call him Boz, Chris Boss from now on. Shaken, not stirred. Let's go ahead and look at this. This is an interesting stat. Now, Matthew Wright has 16 field goals out of 18 as a career. He's at 88.9. Sean Sweezum is in 87.9 with a field goal percentage, and Boswell is third with 86.3. Boswell's been on top of this before, right? You know, that's not a lot of kicks. I don't even, even know if you count that. But that 87.9 with a good season is, is definitely a possibility for Bos. But I think Bos is going to be the greatest kicker of all time in Pittsburgh, especially if he's here another three years or so. Boz has 202 career field goals. He's going to jump to number two this year. Most likely. He better. Because Jeff Reed's right in front of him with 204. So three field goals. He's in second place of all, in all time. Then Gary Anderson. Field goals made. 309. So Boz is only 107 away from tying him. And that's quite possibly, you know, that's got to be two and a half years. That's really got to be three. Three healthy seasons, and he breaks that. But when you look at Chris Boswell, there's something you need to look at here. Let's look at 50-plus field goals. That's 50 yards plus. Three times the amount of anybody else in on this team. Now, everybody's saying that, you know, 50-plus field goals is, I mean, that's easy now wasn't back in the day it was a big deal back in the day but still 50 is not a gimme and we know that and definitely 
you got to look at the time of year too. But Boz can kick in December. He could kick in January. You don't really worry about that guy too much. He's got 24. Gary Anderson's next with eight. That to me is absolutely phenomenal. But let's look at this. When you look at 50 plus, he has attempted 30 from 50 plus. And he's at 20, 24. So 24 out of 30. That is absolutely amazing to me. Gary Anderson only attempted three less at 27. Yeah, that's that's just nutso. The man's only been here since 2015 as well. But when you look at 50 plus, we, we already talked about those numbers. Let's look at 40 to 49. Boswell, he's got 85 attempts. He's made six, six of them. So from 40 plus, he's he's the guy. Now, Gary Anderson has more. He is 86. He is 20 more from 40 to 49. But where Gary Anderson excelled over the years, 20 to 29. He had 100. He was 100 for 110. Boz already is 53 of 53 from 20 to 29. And he, he is half of that. So he's 100 away, but Gary Anderson made a lot of short kicks. And Gary Anderson's percentage, and I'm not trying to demean anything, Gary Anderson was great, but you got to look at the era too. But 78.2, that's why I'm saying Boz is going to be the guy all time. Really. I hope that guy's here another 10 years, kicking well and shattering all those records. Would not have a problem with that whatsoever. Let's go ahead and take a look at running backs. This is really interesting. Before we get to rushing, let's look at receptions. Who's the all-time receiving leader for the Steelers as a running back? Franco, right, with 306? No. Le'Veon Bell beat him. Juice beat him with 312. So he beat him by six. Number three is a guy that shouldn't be a surprise, but nobody would guess him. It's Merrill Hodge with 241. Then Fran Rogel with 150. Dick Hoke, 146. Walter Abercrombie. I liked Abercrombie, 138. Blyer, 136. Frenchie Fuqua, a guy who I've had in my car, 132. Bettis, Jerome Bettis, 125, James Conner at 124, and Najee Harris at 115. So they started going back to Najee Harris last year. And if they do again, see, see he catches 60. My gosh, say he catches just 46. He's in fourth place at 151 and 90 behind Hodge. So Najee stays healthy, is here a while. He's breaking Bell's record. He's breaking Franco's record. That's if they don't abandon that. And you hope they don't because Najee's very effective when he catches the ball out of the backfield. A lot of people don't remember that. Let's talk about rushing, though. Najee Harris already, just two seasons, has 2,234 rushing yards. Two 1,000-yard seasons. And last year was, like, bad. 
daddy, I'm telling you, it's not that great. And the thousand, 1,000 yard season is not a big deal. Well, yeah, it, it kind of is. It still is. Because running backs, you got to realize, even though there's an extra game, those guys aren't expected to pace, play 17 games. Najee Harris is already getting a lot of wear and tear, and we get that. But what if he has an 1,100-yard-plus season, you know, 11-16? He's in the top 10 if he does that. Actually, I'm incorrect. He'd be at number 12, going ahead of Fran Rogel. At 11 is Abercrombie with 3,343. And then Mendy, Richard Mendenhall, 3,549 is at number 10. So it's possible for Najee Harris to get into the top 10 in rushing yards. Here's another interesting one that nobody ever talks about. Who's the best two-point conversion guy in Pittsburgh Steeler history? It's Heinz Ward with five. Tony Brown has four. Then there's a three-way tie, Charles Johnson, Heath Miller, and Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson with two more two-point conversions. Now, I know that's not a record that anybody's going to get excited about. But he could be the record holder. And that would be actually pretty impressive to be a record holder of something. And I know a lot of people don't have a lot of respect right now for what Deontay Johnson's doing. But Deontay Johnson, with Kenny Pickett and with the emergence of Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens, could be very great for this team. Heard me just pull on my legal pad there. Interceptions. Let's go over to the defensive side. This is where you don't expect to see a lot of movement these days. Because back in the 70s, man, these guys rolled. Defensive stats are a lot harder. Doesn't mean that the Steelers' defense is not as good. It just means that it's a lot harder to get certain stats. Mel Blunt is the all-time leader with 57. Jack Butler had 52. Mika Fitzpatrick, who had five last year for the Steelers, is at number 20 with 17. Now, if he gets that five, he's going to be up to uh, number 13, passing to Shea Townsend, who is 21. Fumble recoveries, my gosh. Ernie Stottner had 23. You know who the leader in fumble recovers all time is? It's Ben Roethlisberger with 40, but that means that he fumbled the football and got it back. <laughs> That's because he was strip sacked. So there's offensive players on that list. I don't count that. I just look for the defensive players, and it's Stottner. Way down the list is Cam Hayward, TJ Watt. They both have seven, and that's just so far down the list. Minka has four. Fumble recoveries are not a big deal anymore. They're a big deal on the football field, but as a stat, nobody looks at this. Jack Ham was one of the greats, but no one really looks at it right now. They just don't. Pick sixes, as I bounce around and go back to interceptions. We know that Woodson has five and William Gay has five. We've talked about that a while. Who has four? Believe it or not, Chad Scott. Number one pick from 1997. And then Hall of Famer Jack Butler has four. Then there's a host of guys. There's six guys with three. Deshae Townsend. Tony Campagno. 
Dwayne Woodruff, Troy Polamalu, Carnell Lake, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who should have had four, but he had one called back last year. That would have been real. I mean, he would have been on the threshold of it. And with as young as that guy is, and you know he's going to be around a while, well, that's something to look at. Now, here's the defensive stat that is for the newer generations and the new millennium players, because it's a whole lot easier to get sacks now. 80s, you know, those guys in the 80s and 90s, they started piling up sacks. We didn't really hear the number till 1982. They went back and did as well as they could compiling those. But this record should go down. The all-time record is going to go down in this year, 2023. If it doesn't, it's going to be a bad, bad thing. Let's talk about number five, Hall of Famer Joe Green, 77 and a half. TJ has 77 and a half as well. So they're tied for fourth together. LC Greenwood is at 78. He was once the leader. Debo's the leader at 80.5. And then there's Cam at 78.5. I've talked about this before. My wish list is that TJ Watt becomes the all time sack leader after Cam Hayward does it. It's like in the WWE when a guy wins a title for a week and then holds the place for the next guy to come in, but they want to make sure this guy gets the title. You want to see Cam get the title. You don't want to see TJ hurt. You don't want to see Cam hurt, but I'd love to see Cam get two and a half quick. And as soon as he gets that two and a half and he beats Debo, TJ, it's all TJ's. He could have it. Man, now, would I complain if Cam Hayward got 21 and TJ got 20? No, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to complain if it's vice versa and TJ's the leader. Love to see these guys go crazy and get a lot of sex together. That would be just absolutely amazing. But again, the big thing to talk about here is the fact that the Steelers have some guys that are on the threshold of being all-time greats. But what's going to help this Pittsburgh Steeler team is being great together. And if the Steelers are great together, the individual stuff doesn't matter. It's a cherry on top. But the big record is wins. And you'll want to see that happen. And the one big thing that you're looking at is the NFL coaches. And this is the one stat you want to see. You want to see Mike Tomlin get as high on that list as possible this year. Because if he does, that means that this team is winning and they could possibly be a Super Bowl team if that happens. So that's the big one to me. I really think that is what we're talking about. Look, you don't expect him to catch Belichick. You don't. Belichick's not going to be number one this year, but he's going to be if he sticks around a couple more seasons. Really, you know, two seasons is probably, well, two, two and a half to go ahead and beat Don Shula. Shula is 347. Belichick is 329. 
Another current guy, Andy Reid's on that list at 269. But where's Mike Tomlin rank? He is, he's going back and forth with Pete Carroll. Carroll has 172. Mike Tomlin has 171. Last year, I think Tomlin was ahead by one going into the season. They both should jump up quite a bit, but we're not talking Pete Carroll here. We're talking about Mike Tomlin. And if Mike Tomlin could get 12 wins this season, man, that would put him ahead of Tom Coughlin and a tie for with Bill Parcells at number 12 with 183. You want to see him go up that list. He's already surpassed for the team lead. He has already surpassed the guy who I think is one of the all-time greats. And that's Bill Cower. And the all-time Steeler great. I don't know if you're ever going to pass because of the four Super Bowls unless he can put together those Super Bowls. Is it likely? Eh, I don't know. I'm not holding out hope, but it'd be awesome. But Chuck Knowles at number eight all time with 209. What would Mike Tomlin have to do to get there? Well, once again, he's at 171. So he only needs 38. 38 wins is all he needs to tie Mike Tomlin. So he needs 39. Excuse me, Chuck Knoll, 39. So if he averages 10 wins for the next four seasons, boom, it's done. You want to see him bef- do that before four seasons. Man, I, I would love to see him do that in three. It's not really possible to do in two because he would have to go in undefeated. Now, nah, it's still... If he goes undefeated, it's still not possible because that would only give him 34 wins. So Mike Tomlin could be the all-time win leader in Pittsburgh Steelers history in a few years. But the once again, the only thing that matters is what this team does in 2023. And if the Steelers are a team, these stat, these individual stats don't matter. The wins will. But if these guys climb up the charts individually, that means they're likely to be pulling a lot of wins together. So it's crazy to think about. All I know is this. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been bad language. You need to stick here. Steel Curtain Network for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. And as always, I apologize for nothing.